check, check, mic check. everybody thanks for listening appreciate it we're back last week was not good very very ill but i'm back and better than ever well at least i'm back let's just leave it at that round 13 of the monster energy ama supercross series at this weekend in indianapolis uh, great city great dome uh we're back to the east series starts back up after one week for the west last week in santa Clara, and of course the 450 guys are uh, trudging right along right on to uh, warding ryan dungy another 450 sx uh championship uh belt uh 702-586-7857 give us a call anytime 702-586-pulp give us a call we'll uh, we'll take your calls about supercross series in general or anything else fly race and moto 60 show presented by nfab with a tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern bikes, today's race driver must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well. It must be lightweight. It must be protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evo 2.0 race pad to fulfill these requirements. Evo 2.0, industry's first BOA closure system race pant, designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points. Simple one-handed adjustment. Flyracing.com. Please check them out at NFAB. NFAB proudly uh, built in Houston, Texas, USA. Big part of the JGR team. Also the NFAB Ampro off-road Yamaha team, Randy Hawkins. NFAB Jeep, Trucker, SUV, parts, steps, lights, mounting solutions. They've got it. And uh, please check them out, n-fab.com. Support the sport. Support those who support the sport. NFAB supports sports, so support them. I'm Steve Mathis. With me, uh, taking your calls, holding things down over there in the producer's chair. None other than the Tits Legendary. Hi, Steve. What's up, Tits? I'm assuming that you weren't really sick last week. You just didn't want to hear me complain about Dungey getting docked on uh, those <laughs> yeah, pints. Yeah, I, I couldn't deal with that's it. That's what just, it was. I could not deal with you, and you're insufferable. Uh, that's, uh, we're two weeks out of that, and that's still a terrible penalty. Yeah, I keep, I keep hoping I'm going to log on to Racetrax and say AMA comes right. to their senses, gives them his points back. But No, no, no chance. Uh Please, uh, today's show, Andrew Short's coming on. BTO Sports, KTM, Andrew Short. I'm looking forward to calling him. Yeah, Andrew Short's going to be on. He's going to talk a little bit of his comeback, talk a little bit of Supercar Series in general. Jason Thomas will be on. And, of course, your phone call. Still a few lines open, 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Why don't you? And uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to uh, talk to you about anything you want to talk about Supercar. So, the 250 Series is starting back up. 
Mookie's in the points lead after a nice Detroit. Remember, Detroit was the last round. J-Mart uh, fell apart in Detroit, a couple of crashes. Uh, Marty Davos was back. The road, he crashed also too early, I believe, in Detroit. Plessinger and of Justin Hill was the points leader going in, and Hill crashed in practice, and he's out. It's nuts to think about uh, the, this series right now. Every guy has had... I mean, they've had some terrible races. Hill and Davalos didn't even race two races uh, or one race each of the series. Plessinger uh, was very sick at a race. Uh, Mookie was uh, down on the first turn and dead, 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 dead last in Toronto. And uh, and Jamar, of course, in Detroit. That was his sort of mulligan race. It's been nuts. It's been a combination series of the, where you really don't know what's going on next. So what do you guys think is going to happen? I still Mookie was my pick for the title going in, and I guess I'll stay with him right now. Bowers, I was uh, surprised that Bowers uh, hasn't been as good as I thought he would be. He is he is working on it, though. He is working to get better. Says he feels better. It's been two weeks, so he should be better. Um, he came into the series a little underprepared, and uh, you know, so he's getting a little better. And uh, it's been a nuts. It's been crazy to think about that series and all the things that have been going ups and downs in it. And what's next? What's next? Uh, right now, they're going to go uh, five races in a row, the East Coast guys, including Vegas, to finish out. So there's only the only Vegas left on the West, the, the East Coast guys. So this thing should be settled here shortly, as long as not any more nuttiness happens. All right, let's get to our first guest. He is uh, number 29 in your program, number one in your heart. We can't wait to see him back out on the track. BTO Sports KTM's Andrew Short. What's up, Shorty? How are you? Doing good, man. Just hanging out up here in Boise. Yeah, what do you what, what, what's going on with that? Yeah. What are you doing up there? Selling fly raceway? Um, you making a little bit of side yeah, money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say that again? You're making a little bit of side cash, some some sales? Side? No, no, no side cash. Oh. Actually, I did go uh buy some dealers today cuz I had some spare time. I I mainly came up here cuz uh Western Power well, Fly Racing, they've been sponsoring the outdoors. Right. And they're putting together all their media for the commercials again and mm-hmm. uh Doing some photos, checking out some gear, checking out the R and D department, right. getting my input, you know, and stuff like that. But mainly just hanging out. And yeah, have some have uh. some uh, spare time today, so I'm hanging out with JT. Oh, nice, nice. I like that. Yeah, imagine being a dealer, and then Andrew Short walks in. You're like, oh, hey, uh, all right, <laughs> it's pretty cool, pretty sweet. Yeah, it's different up here because I've been up here quite often to Boise throughout the years, right? Um, to visit these guys, and I have like some of the owners I know. I've been mountain biking with them, and Next thing, when I'm done racing, I want to go trail riding with a few of them. So yeah, yeah, I know, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that trail riding supposed to get up here. That is you for sure, going trail riding. Yeah, you 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 love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hey, we you know we don't uh, we know a lot more about head injuries than we ever did before. And uh, you you came back to Supercross after a, a crash before the season. You came back uh, immediately, crashed out with a head injury. And so, how's it going? How's everything looking? How's the test going? And uh, and how you feeling? Yeah, I feel normal, and everything's, you know, like back to normal, I would say. And I've done quite a few tests mm-hmm. with uh, a group out of UCLA, and they're kind of leading this new study, and I'm waiting for the full report. And one of the doctors is uh, still in Asia doing seminars and whatnot on uh, on head stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting on that before I get to go ahead to start riding right. um, wide open and go from there. But I want to be conservative. You know, you keep reading all these studies and yeah. uh, reports from NFL players that have had issues and also action sports athletes. And mm-hmm. I think it's often overlooked, and I think if I can be a little more conservative and smarter on my approach to racing, 
especially at this end of my uh, right. career, uh, it's it's the wise thing to do. So, yeah, I think um, we're all where I'm at. we're all smarter about this stuff than we used to be. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't know about yeah. you, but I knocked myself out plenty of times racing, and I was right back the next moto or whatever. You know, we're so much yeah. smarter than than once than what we were. Yeah, and with the brain, like you said, it's not an exact science yet. You know, they're still learning as the best educated guess on uh, the information that they have on how to proceed. So mm-hmm. for me, you know, it's not something I, I, I want to take lightly and I want to make smart decisions. So, you know, right. I definitely want to ride. I can tell you that. And yeah, I feel yeah. normal and I can work out now and stuff like that. But I don't know. We'll see. Do you think you're on the line for the first outdoor? Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty realistic. Right. Unless this, you know, yeah. it comes back, you know, the doctor and it's like, hey, man, do you have, I know I don't have major damage from the scans. Mm-hmm. Um, it did show some signs that I definitely did hit my head. Right. But um, unless something comes back crazy from the main doctor where he's, he doesn't think I should continue on, then I expect uh, to be back for hang time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'll be good. It'll be good to see. Of course, this is your last year. You announced it before the season started. You gave an interview this week on Racer X Online. And, uh, I mean, it's It's got to be a little weird to know that this is it. Like, this will be – like, when you go to Hangtown, it's the last time you'll be in Hangtown. It's just uh, – it's one of those things I guess you got to – it's been frustrating. Like, you, you know, you haven't been able to race. But at the same time, it's coming to an end here. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, that's, that's life. So, mm-hmm. um it's not like it's last time riding. You know, I think there's a lot of places I want to go ride, a lot of events I want to do, and I think I'll still be at the races and, and plan on being there, just maybe not racing yeah. and not at the same capacity. So right. is, I'm trying to enjoy it for what it is, but it's been frustrating not being able to race. And, which which national which national track will you be enjoying that you never have to go back? Like, which one will you be like, all right, I'm never racing here again, and I'm happy with that. Is there one track? Yeah, I don't like High Point, um, Glen Helen. Not a big fan. I don't think Glen Helen's that safe, honestly. But Right. No, I'm, um, I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. In Hangtown, it's just, I ne- or, uh, High Point, I never feel comfortable on the track. You know, I always just kind of struggle. I always, so, but the rest I love. Man. Yeah. Honestly, all of them are good. They're only like that once a year. The whole atmosphere, the track's prepped good. Right. Good bike. So not a lot to complain about, man. Yeah. No, I I, I get it for sure. Um, let's take let's, – let's, uh, let me ask you some questions. Let's bench race with you a little bit and talk about the Supercross Series in general. Like, obviously, Ryan Dudgey's going to be on the verge here of clinching another 450 Supercross title. Um, it's pretty remarkable at his age. He's probably better than we've ever seen. Um, getting with Alden, the new KTM, uh, getting married, however it is, he's uh, he's probably the best he's ever been, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think there's anything to debate, you know, on, on any of those points he raised. And I don't think, you know, the foreseeable future, it's, it's not good for the rest of the guys. <laughs> so people are going to have to change and adapt and, and learn and do something special to be able to beat them. How do you beat them? How do you beat them? Do you kind of you got to get rough with them? Mm, I think it's a confidence thing, and yeah. honestly, you never want to jinx anybody. But no, he's been healthy for a long time. He hadn't had any injuries, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe he has, and he's dealt with some adversity that he hasn't made public. But I think that's the only way you're going to shake his confidence is if he does have something happen to him, to him where he is injured, mm-hmm. and uh, he has to take a step back, and maybe some other people gain some confidence and also some speed. And, that's honestly the really only thing I can see um, 
you know, where where he could have a hard time and struggle because he's you have to have all these pieces to the puzzle, and he has them all right now. Right. I don't. You're, I don't think you're going to shake his confidence any other way besides injuries. And you yeah. never want to jinx anybody, but no. man, he's had a long run of uh, of being healthy and and not having any bad luck. You know. Yeah. What did he break his collarbone? Was that three, four years ago? Now he missed like three races only or something. He came right back and he won yeah. Salt Lake or something. Like. Yeah, and even bike stuff. You know, he he never seems to have anything like that happen to him. No. You know, where other guys might have issues. I mean, like Stu, you know, like what are the chances of happening? But it never seems to happen to him. No. To, to Ryan. So it's interesting when you start thinking about it and mm-hmm. you really look at it on paper. He's, and maybe it's not luck, you know, maybe he, he just has the right people around him and, mm-hmm. and he's putting in the work and all that, that stuff's falling in the, the right place. But it's, he, he's been, uh, yeah. Really yeah. successful for a long time. Yeah, it is remarkable when you think about it. Like, what kind of adversity has he had? He's never, you know, he ran out of gas on the RMZ and he broke a chain or a chain fell off. But, geez, out of all those years, right? Like, you're right. He, yeah. He, he ne- you never see him crash where you're like, oh, man, that's a big one. Like, he just doesn't yeah. do it. He doesn't, doesn't, doesn't happen. Or get sick, you know? It's like, right. I think Marvin maybe was a little sick or under the weather and just had a bad night. But when was the last time he had a bad night, you know? Yeah. Anaheim won was gnarly, I think, you know? And yeah. he recovered. I mean, he was second, or I think I believe he was second, but that was a bad night for him, you know? Yeah. So that's, yeah. it's pretty remarkable. No, it is. It is, really. Um, getting back to uh, the the competition a little bit, do you think – do you think Roxon has slipped a level from where he was at, or do you feel like he's riding as good as ever and Dungey's just that much better? There's no doubt Kenny hasn't been able to challenge Ryan. I mean, he's, he's, he's closest out of everybody, but it has, he hasn't been the same amount of guy that he was last year or the year before. Do you think Ryan has just risen to a new level and, and, and Kenny's the same, or do you think Roxon has uh, settled a little bit and, and also been a little bit mentally beat? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I think the biggest thing that's hurt Kenny this year is his starts. And um, he hasn't put himself in the position to be successful. And when you're fighting from the back, that's, you know, when you're going to run into mm-hmm. issues and whether it's crashing or, you know, not being in the right place at the right time. And that's another thing that Ryan dungey has been so so good at this year is putting himself in the right position, fighting in that first turn to get up front mm-hmm. and getting by those guys and making quick moves. And Kenny hasn't been able to do that. And I think that's also frustrating when things aren't coming to you easy and you're working on getting good starts and they're not coming and you know, that in the back of your mind that, that can't be easy. So I don't think necessarily that Kenny's lost any speed, mm-hmm. but he just hasn't put himself in the right place at the right time, uh, week in, week out, um, to be there. So and it's hard, you know, it's to focus just on one thing with starts, but yeah. honestly that's that's what's hurt him this year. Same with Anderson a little bit. Anderson's been a bit of a surprise. Obviously, he's got that other he's got that other win that was given to him uh, via the penalty. But um, I've wanted to see Anderson get starts all year. He hasn't really been able to, and you know, a couple times that he has, Ryan just playing out, playing beat him. But what do you what do yeah. you think of Jason's season? What do you think of some of those passes he's making? I mean, you're an aggressive guy. He's pissed off a few people out there, but uh, on the other hand, he is aggressive and he just wants to get to the front. Yeah, no, I understand where he's coming with the aggressive passes. Maybe I don't agree with them all, but right. you know, it's different when you're a racer and you're going for it. You know, and who am I to judge um, <laughs> what, what's what's aggressive or what's not? But mm-hmm. he's definitely a little more wild. I wouldn't say he is uh, the same as Kenny, where I feel like Kenny's been racing uh, to the max. Where sometimes, right. you know, 
Jason has a tip over here or there, and yeah. I think that's what's cost him a few rides where Kenny's been more consistent and smarter on how he approaches it. But mm-hmm. that's who Jason is, and I don't think you want to take that away. If, if I was him, you know, I think you try to minimize those mistakes but keep that same flair and speed and, um, you know, attitude right. that he has. It's, it's worked. He just needs to smooth it out a little bit when it, when it gets rough. So. Right. Uh, how Interesting, how sure. close is do you think? How close do you think is Anderson's Husky to uh, to uh, your bike last year or Dungey's bike last year? How close do you think it is to last year? Yeah, I, I think it's the same. It's exactly similar to what Dungey's racing right now. You know, right, right. Um, uh, they share the same technical people for the most part. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I'm not sure exactly how close they are, but suspension settings are, are pretty close. But the main guy that spearheads that at WP is, I'm sure, right. you know, working with both of them closely. So. And motor settings, I think, are, are pretty close. Pretty close. Chassis. Um, different plastic, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, the subframe, they have, you know, the carbon subframe or whatever, but, yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah. What's your take on that penalty from, uh, from Detroit a few weeks ago? Like, what do you uh, – What's your? I mean, you've been there as a racer. Chad Instagrammed a bunch of examples. Um, Ryan wasn't happy. Um, what's your take on that? And and to me, like I I talked about it over and over. Like, if I'm a team manager, I'm getting them to film other riders with yellows and and um, and cross flags all the time because this stuff it happens every single week. The flagging is poor. Riders ignore it. And if you're going to finally take away a win um, from Dunge, um, you better. You know the precedent is kind of set. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not too educated on that because I wasn't there. I didn't mm-hmm. see it firsthand. And what what I'm seeing is what I've read uh, online. And I don't know if I should make a judgment based on that. But I do think one thing our sport can benefit is, is you know, any other motorsport, F1, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they have a guest steward who's there and who helps decide uh, the penalty. You know, right. they have a a crash in the first turn. F1, before they have a drive-through penalty, you know, there's a couple people that make that decision. But with our sport, it's one guy typically that's out of touch with uh, the the riders and how they're going to react. And mm-hmm. Supercross, you have to make split-second decision, uh, split decisions. Mm-hmm. And if you make that split-second decision where you let off the gas on the face of the jump, you're you're risking yourself as well, you know. And yeah. once you're committed on an on-off like that, you chop the throttle, you could go over too, so. I think safety is a huge thing, and uh, it definitely needs to be respected. Yeah. But the flaggers and uh, and how they're approaching it, it needs to be a little more definitive, and and their decision making needs to be a little more cut and clear. And you know, yeah. the, the the purse money is is, I mean, is somewhat. But the the bonuses that those guys were dealing with, the flip flop like that, it's a huge deal. Right. You know, and uh, hopefully they get it figured out and learn from it and yeah and make a better. T- better decisions in the future yeah because you saw that video of anderson just bouncing off the faces of the jumps now that is technically yeah. kind of correct but that's not the spirit of the rule you know and that happens exactly. yeah um yeah it's one of those things where i'm just like i can't believe they did that i can't believe they took away his win i just after all yeah. the the flagging issues we've seen over the time you know um yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty nuts. Uh, what's your take on Stu Stu's season? It's uh, he finally looked all right in uh, Santa Clara. He looked a uh, little more Stu like, but man, can you believe this guy's second all time win in wins? And um, yeah, it's just been one of those years for him. I, much like you, I guess. Just two veterans trying to get started here, trying to get going. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the greatest 
you know, that's ever raced Supercross, obviously, like you just said, with those stats. And everyone, like you always says, benefits from Stu being at the races, and everyone wants to mm-hmm. see Stu do good. We, I think the sport needs him, like you said. And yep. It's been rough, so it looks like it's starting to get back on track, and you never know what he's dealing with or adversity or where he's at mentally and yeah, and what he wants from the deal or the truth. But hopefully he gets it back uh, on track, and it looks like it's coming. But you, and that's where I say earlier I was mentioning, Dungy's been mm-hmm. so fortunate you know, to, to keep the string going, and you can see what happens when it, you know, when it gets off the tracks. It's hard to get it back on. Yeah, it's like and the, I think the, that's kind of the case of what's happened with them. It's like that once you guys, and I'm putting you in this thing, to stay on the tip of the spear is tough. And then when you yeah. fall off, you you can't get it back on that easy. It's so tough. Yeah, yeah. And I think you saw that again with Justin Barsha this weekend. Uh huh. You know, is he's he's an excellent. He's one of the best. You know. Yeah. He's been off the bike and he's had a few weeks and he hopped back in the middle of the series, and it just doesn't come back that quick. You know, it's there's something to be said for staying healthy, being in all 17 races mm-hmm. week after week. You get to another level, and you know it's it's just kind of how it is. And unless you've been there, experienced it, it's hard to explain it. But there, yeah. there's definitely something to it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's get to some phone calls here. Uh, John, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. What's your question for Andrew Short? John, you there? Yeah, sorry. What's up? Yeah. Um, so my question is, with helmets, you see anywhere from like an $80 helmet all the way to like $800 helmets. How do you judge like when it's just like a cool looking helmet and that's why it's expensive or it's an $800 helmet because of the safety it provides? Yeah, the the debate about helmets rages strongly everywhere you uh, everywhere you look, John. And uh, it is a good point. Uh, it's a good question by yourself. Uh, it really depends on who you you talk to, who you ask. Um, doing your homework, um, you know, certainly pays off. If you if you Google it, uh, the MIPS technology, which is something that Fly uses in their some of their helmets, uh, it's yeah, yeah. So I've seen that, but right. how, I mean, I don't know. Like you see, guys get hurt and get concussions and stuff like that and you want to make sure that you know as an everyday rider that just is out riding trails or you know your local track mm-hmm. i want to be just as well protected as you know the pro guys because i got to be to work on it you know I, I so th- how do you know yeah. uh how do you know if this is it just the myths that you want or well, yeah what that's... kind of technology do you look for but you can you can get knocked out wearing a mips helmet i mean you can get knocked out yeah. wearing a 6d helmet which is uh, people are touting um, you know, as being this great helmet while, well, you know, look at other guys that have had issues. It's one of those things, John, it's, uh, man, it, it, you, I think, I don't think any ma- helmet manufacturer can just sit there and claim like, oh, you'll never get knocked out in our helmet. They all have pluses and, mag- and negatives. And, um, and yeah. you know, with the MIPS thing, I, and I believe in that it's been tested. Um, so I think that that's something that's a good thing. You pay a little extra more, you pay a little more for that, but, um, it's been tested and proven that it's a system that works and, and more and more helmet guys are going to that. So, uh, what do you got, Shorty? I think, think, yeah. And a lot of people spend a lot of money on a bike and I understand not everyone can afford a super high end helmet, but that's one piece of equipment that you should uh, budget for and, and prioritize and do your own homework on on the internet and research it and make your best decision on what you what you feel personally can protect you the best and spend that money i mean if you're going to spend something a lot of money on something i i I would think you know helmets are important so yeah 
Yeah, because yeah. that's what I was I was looking at. It's like I don't mind spending eight hundred dollars on a helmet if I know it's going to really provide eight hundred dollars worth of value to my head. But if it's just the decals that you know, that's what makes it eight hundred dollars, and that's no, that's I, different. You I, know? I think I think any helmet that you spend good money on is a good helmet. All these manufacturers yeah. are putting a lot of money into their helmets, and you know, trying to make them safe. And you, they do have to pass that cost along to the consumer. I wouldn't. Yeah. I I would spend money. I would like Shorty said. I would spend um, you know as much as I can afford on a good helmet because I think it will make a difference. And also, if you if you hit your head really hard, throw get a new helmet. Unfortunately, yeah. And there's all those eight hundred dollar helmets or whatever amount. But there's a lot of you know BTO. I check out their website a lot. And there's last year's helmet. You know, it's been sitting there and it's discounted deeply. And there's places you, if you do your homework, you can get a good helmet if it's a priority to you. Um, you know, if you're smart, you get it. Yeah. You can do it. Use the code PulpMX20. Save yourself money at BTO Sports, too. Sure. I use that every once in a while. Yeah. You know? I like to hear that. Cool, John. Thanks for the thanks for the call, and it's a good question, man. So. Thanks, yeah. All right. Thank no you. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, when I worked at Parts Unlimited, Shorty, I I saw a test that from Cycle World magazine, and they did all these tests, and they came to the conclusion that the $150 helmet that uh, that was a house brand of parts was the best helmet to to have, and I shook my head at that. But yet, there were stats, and there were things in this article that made you think it was, and I just shook my yeah. head at it because because there is all sorts of there's high speed drops there's low speed drops there's the the helmets that bounce on you know how good a helmet is at, at bouncing impacts how good it is at a one time yeah. impact I mean it like you said do some research look into it it is confusing though for yeah. for for an average customer I mean if you're riding in trails or the street motocross sand it's Everyone doesn't do the same thing, so the more yeah. you educate yourself, the better. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, before we let you go here, Shorty, I want to talk to you about the 250 series. Um, Mookie, J-Mart, Marty, Plessinger, Justin Hill, they've all had some bad races. In some cases, yeah. like Hill and Davalos, they've completely missed the race. Um, but mm-hmm. So it's a nutty series, huh? Yeah, and it doesn't seem like the East Coast is as deep you know, all the way through, but those people you, you talked about, man, they're on it and they, yeah. they want it bad. You can tell, yeah. you know, and they're hanging it out and taking chances and that's exciting to see, you know, it's, uh, we need that and it's kind of fresh and mm-hmm. the 450 class at this part of the series is everyone's kind of doing their laps and getting through it, but those guys are not doing any of that, you know? And yeah. so I think it's fun You're yeah. seeing the progression and, and you can see the heart that they have, and you know it's always fun to see an athlete pushing themselves and mm-hmm. trying to be better. Who do you like for this series? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me. It's just fun to watch. You're yeah. like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I'm not out there. Um, <laughs> exactly. Speaking about getting ready, though, if you if you were racing right now and you were your typical Andrew Short, where you're fifth, sixth in the points. Um, are you getting ready for outdoors? And are you? Are, is it in your mind to stay safe in Supercross and just get ready? Start getting ready for outdoors. Yeah, I think people are starting to switch and, and get there. You know, so right. Yeah, you see people on Instagram; they're starting to test. Mm-hmm. Maybe their mindset's not there for outdoors quite yet, but yep. they're devoting one day a week, you know, to it, and definitely thinking about bike setup. You know, because they got to start ordering parts or getting settings styled for yep, yep. suspension. Especially somebody for like Tomac, you know, brand change. He doesn't have base settings from last year. Somebody like that, I would think, mm-hmm. be more concerned about the technical side of the bike and 
getting it dialed so yep. they're a little ahead of the curve uh, and, once May comes around. And if you're Eli, you're out of this series as far as the title goes, right? So you're exactly. just you're yeah. just focusing on that. Um, yeah. Well, or somebody like Dunge already has a bike dialed, probably, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dunge is looking pretty good for everything in life. Yeah. Um, thanks, Shorty. Thank you for coming on uh, and uh, give us an update and everything else. BTO Sports, KTM, Andrew Short. Good luck. Uh, hopefully we'll see you at Hangtown, if not if not sooner, buddy. Sweet. Thanks, man. All right. Bye. See you. All right. Andrew Short, everybody. Coming back, hopefully, for the outdoors. Uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. They make much more than gear, folks. Uh, bike stands and levers and bars and, and uh, grips and uh, all sorts of things. Uh, flyracing.com. Um, they make uh, everything you need for your biker body. They've, they've got it, those guys. It's watercraft, snowmobile, UTV. WPS, Western Power Sports, uh, they've got it all. And uh, so please check them out at nfab, n-fab.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Big part of the JGR team with uh, Barsha and Pike. Pike's put in three good finishes in a row, and Barsha will be back. So uh, um, he's back, and he'll be better, hopefully. Can't get much worse, I don't think. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by nfab. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? How are you? Uh, nothing. We're just waiting for you to finish up a shorty, so... He could have, he could have just handed me his phone, I guess. Oh, he's literally right there. Yeah, I didn't I did not know that. Uh, yeah. Visiting dealers with Andrew Short uh, in walks Andrew Short. Um, that's that's a nice little uh, nice little bump for a rep. That's what we do. That's what we do. Why don't you bring Weston around more? Uh, well, Weston's racing. That's that's the uh, the upside and downside of an injured rider is that they can do cool stuff like that. Let's see Weston go in a dealer and throw down the new set of gear and just say, effing buy this, bro. I'm going to beat you down yeah, right now. Yeah, I think it would be more of a threat than a sales pitch. Yeah, I think so too, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of Weston. Hey, Fear is a, a strong motivator, though. Yeah, it is. No. Speaking of Weston, that leads me to JGR, and that leads me to Barsha. Wow. I was surprised he was that bad. I, I think highly of Barsha, and it didn't go well. Santa Clara did not go well. Wasn't uh, I'm sure it was not what he nor they expected or wanted. Um, I'll be interested to see if he's any better because I know he had a he had a big crash in practice, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes that can just kind of take guys off their game. But um, yeah, if it doesn't go, if it's similar as we saw last weekend, if, if Indy's kind of the same thing, uh, man, it's, it's not going to go well. And I think you know Hangtown can't get here quick enough in that scenario. Yeah, like if you're Justin, I mean, are you even? You know, let's say it, let's say it goes badly again, and, and I mean, do you even ride Supercross during the week? I would think one day. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of guys ride three days a week. Some guys ride two. Um, but yeah, I think if it doesn't start going better, he'll be he'll be down to at least you know at the most one day of Supercross a week. Yep. Uh, but speaking of Pike, he's been better. Uh, eight seven eight or something in the last three races. It's t- it's taken a long time. It's been a tough season for West, and he's not he's not been like the privateer making good and and you know Kenny podium. Kenny, you know, it's been a really tough year for him. But looks like there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's been, he's getting better. You know, um, last year was that's a tough year to talk. You know, coming on the rise he's had, uh, getting podium finishes. I, you know, no one ever expected that out of him. So to live up to that is, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those um, good side, bad side things where you've done these incredible things in 2015, but now the expectations and the pay, you know, the pay bumps that he's received and mm-hmm. things like that, those also come with, with expectations and sometimes unrealistic expectations. And uh, I think that's been part of it is, 
you know, people were expecting him to follow that up with a lot of top fives and a lot of podiums. And you look through the field, and there's just not a lot of guys that are, are capable of that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at a guy like you were just talking about, Eli Tomac. I mean, look at the expectations for him and look where he's finishing. So you can start to see where, you know, people are expecting so much out of these guys. Cole Seeley is another example out of that. And, and there's only so many spots at the top, and it's, it's uh, tough right now. Yeah, I think us as a sport, us as fans, media, I think we need to adjust our senses and kind of look at the spots that are there. Look at the guys that are getting fifth, sixth, seventh place, Brayton, Chad, Seeley, you know, when he was racing. And instead of, and I'm not saying we do this, you or I or anything, but generally speaking, instead of saying, oh, that guy sucks, we just go, wow, he had a good race. He was in the top ten. You know, like in this field, that's that's great. Yeah, and I think that's like I was kind of coming back to his unrealistic expectations because, you know, and, and it's not a knock on some of these guys' finishes, but, you know, injuries play a role in this sport. And fortunately, this year we haven't seen a, a huge rash of injuries, which is great. It's great for the sport. Uh, but on the other hand, it's tough for the guys that are out there that were hoping by this time the field would be thinned out a bit and the finishes would start coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you look, if you look down the list, we're not we're not down very many guys from like no. say Anaheim one. So, no, no, uh, that's a great spot to be in, and and I'm I'm happy about it. But I would assume you know some of the guys that were getting podiums and wins last year at this time of the year are probably not all that thrilled about it. Yeah, it's been one of those things like Sealy's going to go this year without a win. And he won last year. He made some podiums. You know, I, I guess you could look at the, the attrition rate that he had and, and, and realize that that's why he did that. But I didn't think so. I thought Cole was ready. You know, I thought he was going to step up. Yeah, you know, and, and I wrote at the beginning of the year, I, I thought he would win race. I, I really did. And he damned near won Anaheim one. Um, but I, the one thing I looked at is I didn't think he would be able to duplicate the third place in points. I thought that was a big ask. And, right. and we saw that play out this year. Uh, and he wasn't too far off. I think he was in fifth at one time, you know, for mm-hmm. quite a while in points. Uh, but, man, just the top three in the overall series, is that's just a lot to ask, especially when you have a abnormally healthy uh, roster. Yeah, when we, ha- we have five rounds left, um, I can't see anybody but Roxanne and Dungey winning again. I don't know about you. I mean, obviously anything can happen, but, I mean. Uh, I, I, think, I think we'll see a, another winner. I think um, – I just I think it'll happen. I don't know who. I think you know guys like Kennard and Tomac and those guys are are capable of striking any weekend. Uh, I think Anderson absolutely could win, um, but it, you're going to need some circumstances. You know, Roxon's been really inconsistent with the starts, so that's an easy one to to predict there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something's going to happen to ha- have to happen to Dungey. You know, I, I think he's just going to have to have an off night. Uh, something like we saw from him at Toronto, where he just makes an uncharacteristic mistake. Um, and then don't forget about Muscan too. If he can, you know, if he heals up and is right back to where he was, man, he's he's certainly capable of winning a race. Uh, uh, but but I think to beat Dungey, you're either going to need a mistake, or you're just going to have to have an exceptional night. Seven zero two five eight six Pulp. We got a few lines open. If you want to give us a call, ask us about uh, the uh, Supercross Series Indianapolis this weekend. Uh, a couple things: JT Fly Racing's number eighteen, Davey Millsaps, not coming back for this weekend. He's he's been day to day. Team hopes for St. Louis. Yeah, I was I was iffy. You know, I talked to him last weekend, and he was pretty sore. And um, I, you know, I, I know the team was really, really hoping for it to happen. But you know, they're not going to pressure him. They don't. It doesn't do anybody any good to come back until you're ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's one of those things where it's he's on his own timeline. And you know, looking at it from the outside, for him to come back and 
and not be 100% right around the 15th place, that doesn't do anybody any good. So um, we need him, you know, uh, at both FY and the, and the team to be back and be in there battling inside the top 10. And, and until he can do that, um, he needs to, you know, stay home and heal up. What's this deal with him going to Canada? Have you heard about this? I mean, it seems like it's going to happen. Yeah, I keep hearing about it. Um, speaking with him and, and to key people involved, um, there is definitely smoke to the fire. Uh, as far as I know, nothing's been decided on or, or agreed to uh, as far as confirming, uh, you know, on paper. Yeah. But uh, there's there's definitely a lot of talk, and, and it's legitimate talk. You know, there have been offers made and all that kind of stuff. Why, why uh, it'll, be he, it'll be interesting to see how it happens. Why would he do that? Why would he want to do that, do you think? Is it just money? Well, yeah, and I think KTM is, um, as a global brand, sees a lot of value in trying to win the Canadian championship. Uh-huh. So I think KTM, uh, Austria, and North America is, is behind this effort, and, and they would be helping to fund it and support him with, with equipment, which is a big part of it, is having a factory bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know is important for Davey. So I think that's where the, the real push is coming from, is, is K, you know the powers that be at KTM are saying, like, hey, man, we have this opportunity here. He's not going to race in America Outdoors. Why don't we, you know, try to find some budget and, and yeah. try to be a threat to win up north? Be interesting. I never would have thought that would have happened. I also didn't think RV would go to the GP. So, the, uh... well, <laughs> and I think you're, I think you're right. Except for, I, I don't think we expected KTM as a global brand to get behind it. So, yeah, you know, I, I think if just KTM Canada said, "Hey, man, we, you know, we have a pretty good bike and we have some effort and, and let's do this," I, I don't necessarily think he would jump on board. But I think where the effort is coming from and where the support is coming from, that's, that's a bigger voice than, than just KTM Canada. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, the, the funny thing is, is, that, is that they had a guy that's capable of winning, uh, but they decided to let him ride MX2 in, in Cole Thompson. So, um, right. you know, uh, to me, it's like Cole Thompson can totally win the MX1 title, uh, but they put him in 250s. So, anyways, yeah. um, uh, another fly rider coming back, Christophe Borsell, coming back this weekend, right? Is that confirmed? Do we, do we stamp that? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's coming back. I, okay. I haven't been told officially or anything, yep. but um, I, I feel pretty good about his chances of being there, absolutely. Where do you think he slots in after missing uh, two races in three weeks? Uh, I think somewhere in that 8 to 12. You yeah. know, what, he's, what he's been doing, because he, he was riding uh, even before Santa Clara. He was, he was riding outdoors. So I don't think we'll see a huge drop-off. Um, I just think he'll jump right back into kind of where he was. You know that? Great fast lap and qualifying, and then somewhere between you know eight to twelve, seven to thirteen, something like that. Right, right. Uh, talking two fifties here. Let's switch to that. Uh, I guess the big bigger news: Gannon Audette got uh, Arno Tonus's KX four fifty or KX two fifty F. Audette had a nice um, Detroit with a sixth. He's he's one of those guys we never talk about. He's top ten. He's a really nice kid. I don't know if you know him at all, JT. Really good dude. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he got the Mitch Payton ride, and uh, good for him. That's going to be cool to what to see. Yeah, it's it cool. And you know, we've we've talked for years about you know these these bikes that are sitting on the sidelines, and man, just give these get, give somebody a shot, you know, and. Uh, it's cool to see it actually pan out. You know, I know they had, they had talked to Vince Reezy a bunch about doing that this year, and, and they've kind of thrown it around many times. You know, Matt Lemoyne was another candidate at times to, mm-hmm. to get a spot like that. Um, so it's, it's nice to see it actually work out for once, and uh, we'll see what he can do. What do you think? Can he, I mean, it's hard to see him breaking into that, that Mookie, J-Mart, Davalos, Plessinger, Hill gang. Yeah, Hill gang, nice way to end that. Yeah. Um, I can't see... Uh, I can't see him beating those guys on a, you know, just in a mm-hmm. vacuum in a neutral situation. Uh, obviously, people crash and do crazy things, so it's, it's possible. But I, I think just 
just based on talent, ability, and, and what I've seen, I, I have him somewhere in that six seven, maybe behind right behind Bowers, maybe. Um, but hey, this, this class has proven anything but predictable. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see. It. And his starts have been good. He's been solid. And his starts have been good. And you got to think that's going to improve on that that PC bike. So hey, anything's possible in this class. Can you? What if he comes back and he starts beating the bear? It's. I mean, the, from what we've seen with Bowers with the arm pump and yeah. you know the, the the issues he's had. I mean, it's certainly possible. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. I. I I don't think it's likely, right. just on a talent level, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me even for a second. Uh, all right, Mario, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. You want to chime in on uh, Millsaps to Canada? Well, I want to chime in on the whole Canadian thing. Okay. My theory, I mean, I don't know if it's a rumor or not, but if I had won the Powerball, then I had the dream team of you, JT, Weege, uh Monster Energy is going to send a team that rides around the book to Canada when we've got all these guys sitting on the sidelines. Is there any truth behind that? Um, what do you mean as far as Monster Energy, the uh, Michael Lessie, Vince Freeze team? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's happening. That's, that is the Monster Energy Kawasaki's team. Uh, it's shocking. Absolutely shocking. Uh, I'm with you. I thought it was shocking to pick one of them, and to pick both of them tells me that Jason Hughes, the team owner, Perhaps dabbles in LSD. I'm not exactly sure. Unbelievable. Uh, I always had that dream. I hit the Powerball uh-huh. and, you know, build a dream team. What can you do for the guys that deserve? And then I hear this. I didn't know if there was any truth to it. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, they're going to be up there. They are the official uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki team. Uh, boy. So. Oh, well. boy. <laughs> I'm with you, Mario. It's a curious choice for one of them. Very curious on – you know what? I'm going to double down and take Vince, too. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm amazed, too. Well, as youngsters as we still are, we all know that bad decisions make for great stories. Yes. And we'll have stories to talk about. Therefore, yes. you know, I agree. we can continue the fly three Thank you, man. Thanks very much. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Mario. Yeah, it's a it's a weird choice by Kate Monster Energy Kawasaki, the, the team owner Jason Hughes. I get it. Uh, Vince won a national last year, and Mike's won before, and he can win go up front. But uh, Vince Freeze is incredibly unpopular up in Canada due to his battles with Kevin Benoit. Some of it's self induced. Mike is Mike. Uh, some fans don't like him, but Jason Hughes figures I'm going to go with both of them. JT just just doubles down. I'm taking both. Yeah, I would be interested to see how those conversations went because, of course, you know, I would assume Jason had to uh, speak with his key sponsors uh, on who his riders would be for the season. So I, I bet there were some interesting talks that happened before he got everything approved. I guess he's just planning on wearing a black hat. The whole team wears the black hat and just embrace it. Just just run with it, you know? Um, yeah, I think, you know, this is one of those cases where – their hope, you know, results trump all, and they're hoping to get wins and titles out of them, you know, at any cost. That's the only way you can look at it. You know, they're, it's not on a PR level, or it's not on a like, hey, these guys are just great guys, right. you got to have them. You know, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I just think that from what Vince and Mike have both been able to accomplish on the motorcycle up there, that's, they just felt like they gave them their best chance to win. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, getting back to uh, 250s. So, Mookie, Mookie's had the best worst race of the group with his sixth in Toronto, and he holds the points lead after his win in Detroit. Um, what's next in this class, though? Like seriously, what else could go could go on? It's been nuts. 
Yeah, I, I'll be interested to see uh, after a break. And, you know, it, it seems like each weekend somebody it's somebody's turn to, to kind of get the, you know, script flipped up and down on them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mookie has had his crazy race at Toronto, but he, he soldiered back to a fifth or sixth, sixth I believe. Um, so, I, man, I, I think it's pretty awesome that you kind of throw these guys into a, you know, it's almost like Yahtzee, like you just throw them around and then see what shakes out, Dude, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's way too unpredictable to say you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think you know who the fast guys are, and you take those five, and you're like, okay, these guys are all pretty even, I think, on speed. Like, they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. But who's going to get the good start? Who's going to make the big mistake? Who's going to, you know, succumb to all of the variance and unpredictability? Um, that's, you know, and that, that's – when you look at these guys in the 450 class and they move up, a guy like Ryan Dungey is a perfect example. He's gone through all the trials and tribulations of this. When he, when he lost his title to Jason Warren in 2008, it was because of all this, you know, the situation that we're watching with the, the class now. Um, you can't have weekends where you throw away points like Dungey did back then. And then you look at Dungey now, and he doesn't do that anymore. He just mm-hmm. does not have bad races. So these guys are all learning, and it's going to be, I think this title is going to come down to who can learn the fastest and who can figure out the consistency the quickest. Well, I would say that, uh, Tyler Bowers being 27 points down is probably out of this. He's 27 down. He's got to jump five guys. But other than that, Marty is 19 back and in fifth place in the points. I He could very easily win this with five races. I would say none of those five guys are out of this thing. I, I think Bowers is. I think Hampshire is because they've got to jump too many guys. But um, would you bet against any of these five winning? I mean, would, Marty's the furthest back at 19 back. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no. you out there. Uh, I wouldn't eliminate any of those guys. The only, and the only reason I would cut Bowers out at that many points down is just because he hasn't shown the ability to win or mm. even be on the podium yet. If it was a guy like Justin Hill, and he was 27 points down, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him out because I know Justin Hill can go win a bunch of races in a row. Yeah. Speed he's shown. I just don't think Bowers has shown the, the level to do it. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. All five of those guys uh, are right in this thing. I, I think they all – have a very very legitimate shot of uh, is it four or five? Is where's Plessinger in this? In yeah, this he's third run? right now. Yeah, he's thirteen okay. back. Yeah. yeah, so so these guys are all. I mean, if, if they're not looking at hey, this title's mine to win, I just got to go do it. Uh, mm-hmm. They're I think they're approaching it the wrong way. I might. I'm sticking with Mookie, my preseason pick. Uh, he's got the points lead. He's seven up on Jmart, but uh, man, Mookie isn't isn't he also isn't immune to self induced errors. He really isn't. No, absolutely. That all these guys are. Yeah. You know, I, it's been the story of J-Mart's Supercross career. Uh, for one, Justin Hill, very similar. You know, he kind of didn't perform to the level that Mitch Payton was hoping for uh, his first year. And uh, you know, Mookie has, has been up and down his whole really racing career from the get go. Um, and then Plessinger, we really don't know. You know, he's in his second season, and uh, we've seen flashes of brilliance, but. He hasn't shown the ability to go out and win a race yet either. And then Davos, we all, you know, obviously, we've seen that, um, how that's gone. So I think they're all very similar in that aspect is where, hey, week to week, they could be first or 20th, and there's really no reason why other than just crazy chance. Yeah, it, it, it would be perfect if this weekend if Plessinger goes out and dominates and then finally gets, he's in that top five group, the guys, to get a win. And now we're all more confused than ever. Yeah, yeah, that would really throw a wrench into right. it. Um, I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, this weekend, why not? But I just want those guys to all get out together like they did at Daytona. And let's just see who's got what. 
Uh, because on a real Supercross track, we're, we're yet to come across that where it's just right. like, hey, man, you guys are all together. Like, who's the best? You guys go prove it. Here's yeah. your chance. And then also, too, McElrath's getting better. He got a podium last race, you know. So maybe, yeah, he, maybe yeah. he's going to get in the mix. I think he could. You know, he's obviously way out of the points right now. Um, but I think his abilities there, you know, last year he was he was right in there at the end, too. So it uh, be interesting to see how much progress he's made in the two weeks off. Um, I still think he's a touch off of those those yeah. guys we've talked about on speed. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, by the end of this thing, he could surely be back up there. And the East Coast is toast because Durham's back. Yeah. Yeah, him so, and Berriman. They're, they're, well, I think Berriman's actually pretty pretty hurt. Um, but, yeah, it's good yeah. to see Durham back. He, Durham's he back. He's a lot of people at, uh, at Atlanta. So, um, man, the more the better with these guys. You know, this class is so – uh, in a world of predictability that we're in with the 450 class, it's, it's nice to have a class where you just have no clue what's going to happen. Thinking, if you think about it, is the East deeper than the West this year? I think it might be. <sighs> yeah, I don't. It, it depends on how you define deep. I think if you have, if you're looking at a num- the number of guys that could win a race, I think it is deeper because uh-huh. I think there's probably six or seven guys in the East that could win a race. Yeah, uh, if you count, you know, those five we talked about plus Bowers, Bowers, Bowers that's yep. seven right there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But then you go to the West, and it's really Webb. You know, there's really four that I feel like could win right now: Webb, mm-hmm. Osborne, um, Savachi, and uh, Christian Craig. I just haven't seen that Colt Nichols could win yet, and maybe I'm wrong. But yeah. um, I think it just depends on how you define deep, and because after I think after maybe six or seven spots, it, it tapers off a bit in the East. Um, and then the West, I think, maybe just has a little Keeps bit going. deeper as far as that goes. Right. All right, let's get to some phone calls here. Uh, Dustin, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. What's up, man? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thanks for calling. I had an idea for, uh, like, an East-West shootout in the middle of the series. Like, when they hit something like Texas, it's kind of in the middle. Why don't we do a points-paying race for both sides, just like we're doing in Vegas this year? So we can see, like, the uh, Mookie well, Webb shootout. Yeah, we did that for years in the 90s uh, for a long time. That's how it was. Houston and Dallas were east-west races, and it all counted separately. And then, you know, we ended up being politically correct or we didn't want to hurt people's feelings, so we stopped doing that. Um, but that's what we're doing for Vegas this year. Uh, Dustin, did you know that? Yeah, 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 I did know that. I thought it'd be cool to do that, like, I- I've heard, yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think they're trying to bring it back. I think they are. They do want to do exactly what you said and bring it back to the Dallas and and Houston races. So, yeah, it seems like the uh, 250 class is way more exciting. We just got, you know, the 450. It's the same guy winning every weekend, and you know, you never know what's going to happen in the 250. So, no, I'm with you, man. Bring it back. Yeah, bring them back. I'm all for it. So, thanks. Cool, man. Thanks. All right, thank you. Uh, Justin, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's happening? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, just had a quick question. After your interview with James Monday night, um, when you were talking about outdoors, he didn't sound super excited or <laughs> like there was a lot of uh, just potential there. It was almost like he was dreading it. it, was kind of what I was reading into it. I know you didn't bring it up much after you had just talked to him, but I kind of, after a few days, wondered what maybe you're gut feeling was on that is are we going to see any fireworks or is well, it going to be a long season i think i'm with you justin in that james did not sound like let's go get him for the outdoors right. right um jt what do you think 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hear their, or read the interview with him. Um, but I think at this point, right now, he's just building. You know, he. I, I think he's very aware of where he is as far as his. You know, his level and what what he expects out of himself. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I think he's he's just trying to be uh, just kind of realistic with his expectations right now and and take it. You know, each day by day and race by race. Do you think he? Mm-hmm. You think JT? He's got to, He's got to get in better shape if he hopes to even mm-hmm. sniff a podium, right? I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, if if you're struggling in Supercross with the fitness, you know, uh, Hangtown's gonna be a rough day. So uh, he he knows that. He's obviously, you know, he went 24 and 0 in an outdoor season. So he knows he knows what the fitness level it takes. Um, you know, and he's still got you know six weeks or, or whatever the the number of days is now. But uh, he's got to get after it if he's planning on. Red outdoors. I mean, there's no zero time to waste right now. Yeah, it's going to be tough. He's got. He, although he looks better, he looked better in Santa Clara, even physically. He did. I thought he did. Did you think? Uh, I don't know about physically, but he looked better on the motorcycle. I, I do think that. I think he lost. I think he looks like he lost a little bit of weight. Okay. You're not going with that. I can. Well, I can neither confirm nor deny. Why, why, why do you mean? What do you mean by that? I don't know. I mean, he's, he's still heavier than we've ever seen him, as other than this year. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe you know he could have lost four or five pounds. I don't know. You know, I I didn't see him like other than just for a second on track walk and then on the on the motorcycle. So it's it's tough to tell. Listen, he, no one knows that he's heavier than he was more than him. And yeah, from the things I've read, he he kind of acted like that's the weight he needed to be to be strong. But really, I would. Yeah, somebody was saying that he said that somewhere. Um, oh, that's hearsay at this point, but I, I would disagree with that. I think uh, the lean and mean James Stewart is the one that you know performs yeah. the best. Look, he's he went twenty four and zero in the outdoors. He knows what kind of shape that you need to be in, right? Like he's just fooling yeah, himself. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, I mean, if you remember, if you look back on those times, and that was that was an Alta Vega program, and he was probably working himself past the point where he wanted to. But man, was he skinny! Like he was. There was zero body fat on him at all, and that's been seven years. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, age takes a toll well, on that. But some people were um, talking about how ripped he was just a few years back. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah, I, I vaguely recall that. He had his shirt off. He had a six pack. He was. Elated. I think he's had a six pack or two this, you know, this off season. That would be my. Yeah, yeah. My um, uh, prediction. Quick outdoor talk here while we're on it. Why not? Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Do you think – I'm, I'm in this group. I think Tomac becomes a factor outdoors. I think that the, that Daytona win was a little bit of an indication. He's more comfy outdoors. Um, we saw him, you know, of course, rip off those incredible rides to start the season last year. I do think – He's more – I don't know if he beats Dungey. I'm not saying that. But he's way more of a factor outdoors. You're really going out on a limb with that one, aren't you? Well, I mean, do, you think you, do you think he continues to get beat by Roxon and Dungey and is the third, fourth place guy? No. No, well, he, will I mean. be a, he will be a championship contender uh, come May 21. Yeah, absolutely. so just, just, just moving outdoors will help him for whatever oh, reason. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah, there's zero doubt in my mind that – I don't know if he goes 1-1 one, one at Hangtown or something yeah. like that, yeah. but he is much more of a factor than he is right now. I can promise you that. And why do you think that is? Is is it? A, do you think it would be a comfort level? Do you think he's just better yeah. outdoors than indoors? Yes, to all those. Uh, I think it's he's better it's better outdoors. He is more confident. He's more comfortable. Uh, the bike is 
Supercross is really tough to make a 450 work. Um, just tight confines and, and just, you know, it's, it's really difficult. I think outdoors, uh, it's just the bike is just easier to maneuver on mm-hmm. an outdoor track than a Supercross track. And if you can get it to handle somewhat well, um, it's just easier to ride. So uh, I, I just think it's his forte, and I think the bike won't um, – give him it seems like it's the bike's kind of causing him fits right now and i think that will be easier to solve outdoors what do you think getting back to uh uh supercross and uh our buddy chad reed um what do you make of him saying that he thought that roxon and dungy's uh performance level was at an all-time high in uh in santa Clara? yeah it's interesting to me to hear him say that because you know i've had private conversations with him uh, you know obviously a lot over the years and uh his one thing that he, the reason he's continued to race for so long is he's always felt that the pace wasn't, wasn't very high. Um, you know, we talked about, you get, you know, to beat Dungy this, to beat Rocks and that. And he's always been like, man, they're great. Like, obviously, but they're not that fast. I I still feel like I can beat them if everything's right for me. Uh, so to hear him actually say how fast the pace was is, is, uh, it carries a lot of weight with me because I just know how touchy he is with that subject. Yeah. He's not one to throw around compliments like that. No, no, he's usually like, uh, oh, I, w- I could have beat him at this, or right. you know, this wasn't right. Yeah. That's usually his MO, and I think that's what's been the key to his mental game over the years, is just he he doesn't view anyone as better than him ever. Um, yeah. So for him to give them that praise, he obviously meant it. Yeah, I'm with you. It was a little bit of a surprise, a little bit of an eye-opener to hear him say that. And, uh, I mean, tip of the visor to him for saying it and realizing it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, – you know, for all the things that I would probably disagree that Carmichael said over the years, I, I always appreciated the fact that if he got beat, he would tell you straight up, yeah, I just got beat. No no excuses, I just lost. So um, I, I respect that quite a bit because it's, it gives credit to the other people. You know, everybody yeah. took off the line at the same time, and if they beat you in that race, then, hey, give them credit because yeah. you would want it back to you if you won. Yeah, it's easier to say that when you only lose a dozen times in 200 races or whatever, but, yeah, I get it. <laughs> So, no, I yeah, and yeah. I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, there's a lot to be said for. Hey, man, give the guy credit; he beat me. Like I, yeah. There, there's always things going on. Every time you yeah. ever talk to a rider, whether they won or lost, yeah, there's always something. Like, hey, the bike didn't do this perfect, or like, this lapper got in my way. There's always something. So, you know, everybody had to deal with something out there. So when they beat you, they beat you. Yeah, Just move on. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know if we'll ever get to the level of head games that we had with the James and and Stu, uh, or yeah. James and Chad. Uh, yep. days where where neither guy would ever admit anything. Um, yeah, right. You know, yep. and, and it didn't matter who was uh, who was sitting on the on the top step. Uh, last call here uh, on the Fly Race the Moto Sixty Show from David. What's going on, David? How are you? Oh, not much, Dad. How you guys doing? We're good. Thanks for calling. What's your question? Hey, I got a question about uh, James and Chad. You guys are talking about them and uh, and about training. Why hasn't James, more um, specifically, more than Chad? Um, why doesn't he re-up with, like, an Alden Baker or try to get someone at that level to train him at the end of his career? Because we talk about he knows what he needs to do, but obviously you get older, you slack. Um, and you might need that extra push to, you know, push you to more championships and more wins. Why doesn't someone like James do that? What do you think, JT? Uh, was he asking about Millsap? So he said? No, James, hiring a trainer. Oh, James, okay. I, I heard about the all the other part. I didn't hear who he was actually mentioning. Um, I think it's uh, the work level is just something that they feel they're not comfortable with, and it makes them, uh, for like Roxanne, he said he was tired all the time, and since he was kind of the same thing, it's just too much work, and they weren't 
uh, as good as they thought they could be, and it was just basically burning them out too. Um, and it, and there's a track record of that. If you look at Ricky and you look at Bill Poto, and they probably had more years in them at a different level of you know commitment. They could have backed it down and probably raced longer. Um, it, it's just not an easy program. You probably, if you went and talked to these guys privately in their heart of hearts, they probably aren't having much fun. You know and you go for year after year after year of not having a lot of fun doing what you're doing, and it wears on you, you know? So uh, I think for James, he just doesn't want to do it if he has to do it that way. I think that it's as simple as that. You know, if you told him, hey, this is how you have to go racing, he would probably say, no, thank you. I just don't think he, at this point, with the money he's made and the races he's won and the titles he's won, I don't think he wants to do it like that anymore. There you go. Okay. Thanks, David. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny, um, you know, Roxon talked about having fun, and he's having fun, and it's great. Yep. And But guess what? He's never been further from Dungey than he is right now. Right. You know? Right. Um, and I, think, I think there's a cost. I, to, yeah. to make to further your point, there's a cost. There's a cost if you want to have fun. There's a cost, because I don't think he's as good as Ryan Dungey right now. And if you sacrifice the fun and want to go work your ass off and go on that program, there's a cost, too, because you sacrifice all the good mm-hmm. times that Roxon's probably having. So, yeah, no, absolutely. It's either way. It's just what's important to you. Yeah, and uh, and somebody as somebody who spent a lot of time with RV over the years uh, in the week and, and everything else, uh, that man was having no fun. That man was very, yeah, very. No, I, yeah, absolutely. Was, we both have been around that program enough to know that it's, uh, you're sacrificing something. It's just which you want to sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. All right, buddy. Well, uh, thank you. We'll see you this weekend at Indianapolis. It's a cool city. It's, uh, it's a real cool stadium, cool city. Um, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to going, man. Absolutely. See you All Saturday. Right. Thank you. All right, Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Tits, you were uh, stellar today. I try. You were absolutely I incredible. I appreciate you noticing. Phenomenal. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Where are we going? Oh, St. Louis Today Race, too, next week. That'd yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah, track walk, like 7 a.m. Nice. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.